Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson. He's Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey. And he's Garrett Price. How's it going? And we're talking AFC East. Dynasty fantasy football today. Yeah, we are. Yeah, to kick off of our division breakdowns, which makes me feel good because that means we're so close to NFL so season. Close. Yeah, because we keep talking about like we're gonna need to do them soon. We're gonna need, and so then then we're like, no, we don't need to do them soon. And all of a sudden we're like, oh we crap, need, we need to we need to get these done because season's do them coming. Now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, here we are. Hello. Yeah, we're gonna blink. It's the season's gonna be here. These always go by so fast. It's kind of like life, you know. You just blink and it's Boom. tomorrow. <laughs> That's why. That's why I don't even like. I, I stopped worrying about. I told my guys That's like, much I just made it through a week. I know. Jeez, slow <laughs> down. That's how it is. Like I stopped like two years ago. I stopped waking up on Mondays, going, "Oh man, it's Monday." Because I'm like, it'll be Friday tomorrow, pretty much. You know, it's like nothing when you're like busy all the time. Like before you know it, you know, every day you have something to do. Like get ready for a podcast. Get do your real life stuff. Coaching. Go all your kids football stuff. Yeah. <laughs> you know, one sport bleeds into another one, so it's fun. Well, we're doing AFC East today. Um, Nerd Herd Show is going to be the NFC East. Then we'll do the South. Then we'll be in Dayton, do our redraft show. Right. Um, at Wright-Patterson Air Force Base. And then we'll kick it, finish off with the AFC North. And then we'll do our bolded predictions and then see NFL season. I better start making my list of bold predictions right now. Yeah, check it out. So if you don't want to miss like the Nerd Herd Show where we do the NFC East and like all our in-season stuff, um, and then importantly, right after the season, we do our rookie <clears throat> breakdowns where that all comes through the Nerd Herd Show as well. Um, it's really easy. Either you just sign up with the Nerd Herd, which is on DynastyNerds.com, or the easiest way to go about it is go check out our friends at Underdog Fantasy. All you got to do is put 10 bucks into Underdog Fantasy, and not only will they give you 10 bucks back into your account so you'll get 20 They'll match it up to $100 that way, but you also get a free year membership to Nerd Herd. And you're like, well, if I go there and do that for Underdog, what is that, Rich? It's it's a best ball platform, right? You go on there, you play best ball. Um, right now they have best ball mania. mania. It's only 25 bucks to enter. You have a chance to win $3 million. It's $15 million in total prizes, right? Yeah. Yep. $3 it's million a, for the first place. And they have so many good Underdogs games. I mean, we all get we all get the love from drafting, right? Like that's what we love to do. We love the draft, draft, draft. It's the funnest part about fantasy football. Definitely redraft. It's like you get out there, you draft your team, and then once that's over, you're like, okay, I hope I get lucky. You yep. know what I mean? I hope it all works out. Underdog gives you that feeling of doing the draft and then putting it down and letting them do the rest, right? See how your team performs, whether it be a giant tournament like Best Ball Mania or it's versus two other people or heads up. Or verse 10, or verse 6, or verse 12, or 14 people. That's what you got to do. If you're already a Nerd Herd member, then we'll send you a shirt. You're going to email a document with the information. It's my favorite place to play best ball. Um, I've been doing it for years. I absolutely love it. I draft nonstop. From the moment the NFL opens until it closes, I draft nonstop on Underdog. It is that much fun. Check them out. Underdog, check out the app. Use that promo code NERDS. Get double your deposit. So... Let's jump into this AFC East and let's just go kick it off here with the number one team in the AFC East and possibly the number one team in the AFC, the Buffalo Bills. Ooh. Let me go over their depth chart. Let's hear it, man. All right. At quarterback, they have Josh Allen, Kyle Allen, Matt Barkley. At running back, they have James Cook, Damian Harris, Latavius Murray, Darrington Evans. At receiver, Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Trent Sherfield, Khalil Shakir, Justin Shorter, and Andy Isabella. God, I write so, I type so bad. Uh, it's like I talk. <laughs> I've, just, I've gotten text messages from you, so I know that you type very bad. <laughs> I'm just reading all these things I'm typing down. All the letters are like backwards. Uh, and then at tight end, they have my husband, Dalton Kincaid, Dawson Knox, and Jay Sternberger. My son was just in Bill's camp. Uh, his best friend, his uncle is a scout for the Bills. And uh, they were on the family side and on the field. And he got to meet Josh Allen. He got a team signed helmet. got his Josh Allen jersey signed. Now he's all this shot, Buffalo Bills gear. And my wife's like, he's going to be a Bills fan. I'm like, over my dead body. Um, <laughs> and uh, I told him, I was like, make sure when you meet Dalton Kincaid, you tell him that your dad is his number one fan and that he loves him. I was going to say, that's the non-creepy way to say yeah. that yeah. you're his stalker. Yeah, yeah. And my son's like, 
I don't know. I was like, no, you have to do it. Tell and him, then try and get a selfie with him. Tell him your dad said that he's a peaceful sleeper. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way he breathes. <laughs> um, so, so when he came creep. home, I'm like, did you tell... I didn't even ask about Josh Allen or anything. I was like, did you meet Dalton? <laughs> he's like, yeah. I was like, did you tell him I'm his number one fan? He's like, no, dad, that's weird. <laughs> I was Missed like, opportunity. Oh. Dalton will never know now. He was like, he did say though, he's like, man, outside of Josh Allen, Dalton Kincaid's the biggest person I've ever seen. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, so because he's so smooth, he got those big hands. Um, I love that the fact that while we're on Dalton Kincaid too, that like, of course we're on it <laughs> while we're talking about no, it. Can we go like quarterback, then running back? No, 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 no. Straight to tight end. No. Love first. Love first. Like I love <laughs> going back to like February and then March, talk, like preaching about Dalton Kincaid, like how like special he was. And like yeah. now, like when you go on the dynasty Twitter or fantasy Twitter, like Dalton Kincaid's all over and people are like, this guy could be special. So I hope all the nerd jumped on that. Uh, no, I got. I finally got like my second share. Literally Sunday, one of my final rookie go. drafts. Um, I traded up to go get to get Dalton Kincaid, and I didn't even need him because I got Dallas Goddard. And um, uh, yeah, I do need him. Who doesn't need Dalton Kincaid? Yeah, talking come about? on, come my on, Travis man. Kelsey. I need Dalton Kincaid. <laughs> um, so what's good about Dalton Kincaid though too is like the reports is everything we kind of talked about getting up to this point. You know, everything that we saw out of Utah, everything that we talked about in March, everything we talked all the way about here until August first was Dalton Kincaid in my eyes is the reason I talked him up so much, um, called him husband material is because he's so smooth. And I said this guy could be like a Travis Kelsey in the NFL. And what I love about him here, too, in this situation is, like we said when he got drafted here, is there's a clear path for him to be that Travis Kelsey, to be the number one option in this offense. Stephon Diggs is 29 years old. You know, there's still no other bona fide number one on this team, even though Gabe Davis is a nice player. He's in a real good situation here on a team that loves to throw the football. So, yeah, before we move on, I guess, from that, digging in a little bit deeper, because I, I knew you were going to kind of bring up some of those points and kind of <laughs> rope it back in with Dalton Kincaid. And to kind of solidify that and make it even, you know, I guess a better point is Gabe Davis last year of his deal, right? Um, so he, he could possibly become a free agent. I, I'm guessing they're probably going to try to sign him. But with Stefan Diggs making a big stink about his contract, all that kind of stuff in the offseason, holding out, you dig into the numbers a bit on him and – I can see kind of why probably he he's he's looking at his 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 whole salary breakdown and, and kind of making a big deal of it. Right now, this year, base salary one point one six five million. All the rest of his money is kind of coming in in through bonuses and all that kind of stuff. But next year, there's a huge jump in his salary. Uh, his base salary goes from one point one six five to eighteen point five million, and and likewise, his cap hit goes from fourteen million to twenty seven million. So next year, he still has a bunch of dead money. He's got $31 million worth of dead money. But if they split that over two years, they're getting some some cap relief if they actually get rid and kind of step away from Stefan Diggs. I thought and next year's guaranteed, too. They, looking at the dead money, I mean, it's it's still one of those things where if they just cut them in, in, the, normal, in the normal fashion, they, they'd lose a bunch of money and it wouldn't be worth it. But if they do a post-June 1st kind of designation, they can – they can be okay and and get some cap relief and not have to pay eighteen and a half million dollars of actual cash. So there are some reasons for the Bills when you look at his contract to kind of want to get out and 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 kind of step away from this contract if Stephon Diggs is going to be kind of a thorn in the side like he was in the offseason. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't. Uh, I don't either. But but. It's a possibility. Everything's a possibility. I understand what you're saying. And, and, and he'd have to blow it up. And he did talk his way out of Minnesota. Absolutely, he did. But so. I, I think he'd also have to realize, hey, I'm not going to get this money elsewhere. <laughs> you know what I mean, like this is what some of these players got to realize. You're not getting. Well, OBJ got it. I mean, OBJ got. I mean, look at some of these older guys that did get paid. So it might add more, even more fuel, kind of, to his fire. Um, we'll see. You know what I mean? I mean? He's no Dalton Kincaid, so. Anyway, all that's to be said is, is to your point, Rich, that Kincaid sooner or later, I mean, it could be as soon as next year, which would be kind of crazy, which is a possibility. But in the next two years, for sure, they're going to be clearing themselves of this contract, no matter what, in my opinion, anyway. Yeah, 2025 to me is the year, which is the third year, which is also a great year for um, a tight end to really take a big step forward. So I think 2025 is a year of Dalton K to kind of solidify himself as kind of like the tight end one overall in Dynasty Fans Football. That's kind of how I view him. I think by that time, you know, Mark Andrews would be 31 years old. So it'll be like him and Hawkinson. But I think his situation, which would be the target share, that's what it all boils down to tight ends, right? Like target share and yes, opportunity. Absolutely. Um, and target share is 
massive. It just like carries are massive in fantasy football. And with Dalton Kincaid already kind of shown that he's going to be used more as a receiver than even tight end is what they're already talking about in Buffalo. Like we're just going to line up a receiver. So he's not even really a tight end. Like well, he's, I mean, they he's have, receiver going to play a tight end. They have Knox and Knox is there. You know what yeah. I mean? Knox is he's, he's extended. He's extended his, his contracts through 2026. They really don't have an out until 2024 on that right. one. So um, he's going to be there for the next couple of years at least. And I think it would behoove them to use both of those guys, really. And obviously, Kincaid's got the more wide receiver-esque type of um, frame and kind of movement skills. Yeah, there, In my eyes, there's only three other tight ends, even in the situation, pretty much. You can argue for it with Hawkinson. Um, besides that, it's just Darren Waller, Mark Andrews, and Travis Kelsey. Like, Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, and Darren Waller will be the number one options in their offense. Obviously, Stephon Diggs is the number one offense option in this Buffalo offense. But right. I think by 2025 that Dalton Cade will probably be the number one option. I'm sure that by then he'll find another receiver right. and whatnot for Josh Allen, too. But I think Dalton Cade has a good chance to be that number one option on that team. By then, Kelsey should be out of the league. Mark Andrews, like I said, will be 31. We'll see how Hawkinson kind of is in the same boat as Kincaid now right. as well. But Kincaid's smoother than TJ Hawkinson. Um, And Hawk's a great player. I mean, he's my, you know, he's a top four, but that's to me, that's definitely a tight end premium league. Like I'm willing to overpay for Dalton Kincaid. And it goes back to my, like my classic saying of like, what's an overpay today is an underpay tomorrow. And in dynasty fans football, I'm always looking for those kind of guys that I truly believe in and that I'm willing to invest at. Like I said, that might look like an overpay by giving a 24 first and giving another player on top, giving you Darren Wall or something along those lines. Well, and, and the, the big difference here with Kincaid versus, you know, other like other positions that we like, you know, receiver, running back, whatnot. If they become the number one guy, the difference between the number one guy at receiver and the number 12 guy at receiver significant, but not huge, you know, running back significant, but not huge. Typically at tight end, the difference between the number one guy and the number 12 guy is huge. Such number a one big guy difference. and the number two five, guy, five guy, guy exactly. is number huge. two guys. Yeah. So if you're going to go all in on a player that you think could be the number one guy, why wouldn't you go in on a tight end that you think could, could do that? Because it's the ultimate difference maker. Yeah. I mean, the number one guy this year, Travis Kelsey, who's every year is a hundred points more than the second over a guy. Number right. two. And the number two guy is drastically ahead of the number five guy, right. you know, it, six guy. Right the the difference is about the same between tight end. Last year was the same as tight end two to tight end, like 15, I believe it was. Yeah. If you get a league guy like Travis Kelsey, you're getting like a low end wide receiver one. Yes. At the tight end position. You just start and at then, tight end. And then that's, and that's a difference maker here. You know, I, I, I know I preach tight end all the time here on the show, but like, if you ever an opportunity to get another, like, High-end wide receiver, too. Let's just call it that instead of a wide receiver one because Travis Kelsey is, like, beyond an outlier, right? Right. If you have a high-end wide receiver, two in your tight end slot, that is such a huge advantage yeah. over your league mates who are literally getting wide receiver four production, um, low-end wide receiver three production out of that spot. So that's what I love about Dalton Kincaid. I, I would recommend overpaying for him in tight end premium league. If you're in a, one, a regular tight end league with no premium, it, you you would want to say he's still a little cheaper, but I think right now that hype train's kind of still got him hyped up a little bit. And everybody, mm-hmm. even in one uh, not in tight end premium, people are still looking for that how, edge. How quickly do you think he becomes, I don't want to say elite, but like very fantasy relevant? Because do you think it would be cheaper to buy him today or would it be cheaper to buy him week three or four? November. My, yeah. Me and you were just thinking the, I was the exact, I was going to make the exact same question or pose the exact same question. It, any tight end right now is their highest value because they haven't played any games. Right. Once a rookie tight end plays a few games, it, it you always you always wear a little bit of that shine off. You know what right. I mean? Not uh, here, I don't think. I don't think so because they're going to they're play my wide receiver. This is one of the most pass heavy offenses in all the NFL. Uh, he's do you think out. he's a top eight tight end this year? Yes. Okay. Then then if that's the case, then you do need to buy him now yeah. because right. the the price isn't going to go down at all. And, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure that I'm quite as confident that'll happen as quickly as you think. 
Yeah, I disagree. But, I think he's a very savvy route runner. Um, sure. The reports, all the reports coming out. Of, trust me, I'm following Don Kincaid as close as I can. Oh, I believe it. You know, I believe um, it. I'm I get it. I'm the same way with favorite Woods. <laughs> so, like, you know, all like all the reports like, at Bill's camp are already, like, they're already building this really good rapport. He's already a matter of the offense. He, they plan to have him on the field right away. And instead, their, their excuse to put him on the right of the, the field right away is to put him in the receiver position. Mm-hmm. So that's where he's going to play. They don't have, like, a bona fide slot receiver as it is anyways. So they easily move um, – Dalton Kate over to that slot position. We saw somebody like Cole Beasley strive there for the Buffalo Bills as well when he was there. So this is a position I know we were like a little excited about Khalil Shakir coming in, but I think yeah, I think I do like him. But yeah, it's yeah, he's I think Kate kind of comes there and, and, and kills that a little bit. So you got you got Gabe Davis on the outside. Um, we'll talk about Gabe Davis here in a second. And you got Stephon Diggs, who's your your bona fide X, and then you know you put Dalton Kate in the slot and. On a pass heavy offense with not a super strong running game, we'll talk about James Cook here soon too, who I do like. You know, I think it does put Dalton Kincaid in this offense and what he's going to get as a as a, a tight end, top eight tight end. We saw it work with Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard, you could argue, is a more athletic, more talented tight end than TJ Hawkinson. He's just buried when it comes to targets, and we'll talk about the Eagles in the next episode. Is about being that third option, right? It's just mm-hmm. when Dallas Goddard does get the football, he does the most with it. So, like, even though his targets aren't like as high as some of these other elite guys, he's so good, he makes it work. Right. I think Dalton K is going to kind of fall in that same category where, like, he'll actually see a little bit more targets than um, Dallas Goddard. But when he does get the ball, he will take advantage of that and make it work because he's so smooth. He's such a good route runner. He doesn't drop anything whatsoever. His hands are that good. So I think he's going to make it count. So I think he will find, because of the situation and the talent as well, I think they're both going to come together to give him a top eight finish. And I think that will be enough to get people super excited about him in the future. We saw what happened with Kyle Pitts. And now, do I think he's going to go for over 1,000 yards this year? No, I don't, I'm not thinking that. But we saw the hysteria that came with Kyle Pitts when he went over 1,000 yards. Sure. I think Dalton Kincaid put, to, put together a six to 750-yard year, his rookie year. Mm-hmm. In tight end premium leagues, he's gonna, it's going to explode. That's going to give him second-round startup yeah. value. And, and I'm assuming you're projecting more t- touchdowns than Kyle Pitts because that was always the thing that held him back was didn't get in the end zone a lot. Are you thinking like four or five <laughs> touchdowns, seven or eight touchdowns? Like it's it, You have Gabe Davis there, but you know, Gabe Davis is there mostly to take the top off sure. as well. He's a big receiver. So it's it's tough to tell. We saw Dawson Knox kind of succeed. They, they target sure. him a lot there in the end yep. zone as well. So there is a role from there. But they also paid Dawson, Dawson Knox. So we can't just expel that too in the red zone. Like Dawson Knox will be a factor as well. So it's so hard to predict touchdowns as it is. It is. Well, and, and but this give me give me five, and I'm good. Like give me five touchdowns. Give me six hundred fifty. I know, and I'll be good with six hundred. You know, just <laughs> just give me that. Fifty give receptions, six hundred fifty yards, and five much. touchdowns. <laughs> if he gets fifty receptions, six hundred fifty f- yards, and five touchdowns, he's a he's a top seven, top six tight end this year. Yeah, and that to me, that's like, I know it sounds stupid, but it's easy. Yeah. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. I, I you think, know what? Bold I mean, prediction when it comes down to it, I'm going to predict Dog Cage to be a top four tight end. Woo. <laughs> that is that is that is bold. Um, I think it might be time to move on considering we're almost 18 minutes in and we've talked Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid only. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I knew it was going to be a long discussion. Uh, so, I, we, I mean, what do you got? So you said Gabe Davis is possibly on his last year. You know, Gabe Davis, you know, because how his uh, year ended last year. Um, he's a little, you know, in and out there a little bit. I mean, he still played pretty well. He still had 836 yards, still had, um, eight, seven touchdowns, which is good in this offense. Even though he had 48 catches, he's a big play receiver. So when he does come up, he comes up big here. Mm-hmm. Um, he had an ankle injury, so he's going to be hundred percent healthy. Dalton Cade's going to help a better running game is going to help this year. Yeah. What do you get? You think speaking, of the, da- speaking of the running game, I did want to touch on that because I think that's maybe one of the more less talked about things in this offense with, with Dalton Kincaid and Stefan Diggs and all of that. James Cook, obviously, I think most people believe that he'll probably be the the most fantasy relevant uh, running back. But one interesting note, they did add Damian Harris, which is a guy from within the division. Anytime that a player is added from within the division, you know that they've seen that player a lot. So there's a reason that they got that guy. Now, it's usually one of two things. One, they saw him a lot and they really liked him. Or two, it's just a guy that they want to get information on the other team, and then they kind of ditch him. My, my guess is the former rather than the latter, latter. But behind him, they also added Latavius Murray, which that's two players of similar stature which tells me that they are probably getting tired of putting their, you know, multi-million franchise quarterback in at the goal line so much. Over the past four seasons, Josh Allen has ranked 
in the top three, both in uh, rushing attempts inside the 20 and in touchdowns inside the 20 yard line for a quarterback over the past four seasons. He's done that every single year. My guess is that they are wanting to change that a little bit. They are wanting to take some pressure off of Josh Allen and run the ball a little bit more inside the red zone with running backs rather than quarterbacks. So I don't think that's going to drastically change things for fantasy. I still think Josh Allen's going to be an elite asset. But instead of the six, seven touchdowns that we're used to from him, maybe it's only three or four. There, there's there's part of me that that is all on board for what you're saying because I think it's a smart plan. Mm-hmm. But have, have you watched Josh Allen play? A hundred percent. Do you think he has got any of that in him? No, but I think okay. the more des- I think there'll be less designed runs for Josh Allen. Sure, I still think he'll improvise yeah. and do his thing. Yeah, I think there'll be less designed runs for and, Josh. And Allen. as a guy that has Josh Allen on 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 my fantasy teams, it, it is a love hate thing. You know, you right. you, you love, love it. that he's getting the points, but yeah. it scares you every time. It's every single time, I'm waiting for him to take that that big hit that's going to knock him out for who knows. You know, a, sh- a big shoulder hit to the to the throwing arm, something right. crazy like that, or or. God forbid, you know, some sort of lower leg injury. Um, so it, it is, it's what makes him special. I don't know that you can. You can't take that out of him. I just, I don't think you design it as much because right. in the past they just didn't have that. It was, it was Singletary and Cook that, or yeah, Singletary and Cook and uh, Zach, Zach Moss. Zach Moss and I think they wanted Zach Moss to be that guy and he just stunk. It wasn't. Um, but, but. When you see when you see them get a player that's a little different than what they've had before, and then they back him up with another player like that, it definitely leads me to believe that that's their hope at least. I think they've been trying for years. I think that was the whole point of of getting Moss on the team was to have that kind of banger between the tackles, but it just never materialized. That's why I'm surprised they haven't signed Dalvin Cook. You know, the kind of like who's just better Cook than Brothers, baby. Yeah, and come in there. I mean, you you mentioned his rushing. He's rushed for at least six rushing touchdowns every single year of his career in the NFL. I mean, you're talking about somebody who rushed for 762 yards last year. He's no. that, that's dynasty gold. I put a tweet out um, yesterday about that. You know, because I was looking at researching surprisingly another quarterback we're going to talk in the next episode about and you know, how valuable those rushing quarterbacks are. It's like dynasty gold mines, and there's only about five of them. You know, five six of them. Is it a player you're in the fit club of? Uh, no, yeah, it, no. It's, oh. not, it's, oh, not it's not. It's not. No. Oh, okay. I know oh. it is. Okay. Um, so that, that's it. And then, so you mentioned James cook and they, these other running backs. I don't think there's other running backs unless they get the touchdowns are going to be very valuable. They do like James cook a lot. Can he run me between the tackles? I, I don't know if he can. I think he'll get an opportunity here and there, but it's to be sparingly. But there, I'm not worried been about mentions that. of him having a three down set and stuff like that and, and being able to do it. We'll see if he actually can. Yeah, Ken Dorsey's talking him up big time. You know, they're excited. They think it'd be a three down back. They think he's very good. But, you know, where his bread and butter comes, where his juice is really is in the passing game. I mean, this is somebody who saw 10% of the targets in the the back half of the season. Didn't see a lot early, but saw 10% of the back uh, half of there. This is somebody who, you know, averaged 6.2 yards per touch last year, which is fantastic. It's great. Averaged 1.43 yards per route run. Uh, which I saw, I think Rebar had on his site, was uh, 16th best amongst qualifying running backs. So with James Cook is, I think we talked about, we just talked about it last episode about the value of these these pass catcher running backs and how valuable they are. And I think if you're going to get super excited about, you know, Alvin Kamara, Jameer Gibbs, or DeAndre Swift in Philadelphia, then you have to be excited about James Cook as well. I, I think to some extent, the only difference between, not necessarily Swift, but but when you look at, at Gibbs and, um, well, specifically Gibbs, but long, long story short, I worry about Josh Allen running. That's, that's the biggest thing yeah. because he's not going to check it down as often as some of those less mobile, older quarterbacks. So that's my biggest worry. But is, he did the second half of the year last year, though. He did. We'll, we'll, we'll see if that continues. It, was it a blip? Third, or was it something? Bottom third of the year. Sorry, I don't want to say half. It was about five, six games. Yeah. So we'll see how much that, that continues or, or not. I wonder sometimes if that's weather-related where uh, you know he might check it down a little bit more to you know james cook when it's cold and not sling it as deep you or know? end of the season he's bruised up a yeah little he's more. been hit a little yeah. bit more yeah, but take that but, but that is my only thing is like i just i worry that he's not going to be able to get to those types of levels because as opposed to 100 targets or 120 targets it's more like 70 targets and, and here for pro football focus they had james cook down as um as all these running backs it says here that there was 52 uh running backs that had at least 80 carries and James Cook was 
17th in yards after contact and 39th in broken tackles. Okay. So, Sam is number 26 overall running back. Um, it, it just, when we're, I think there's going to be a couple of running backs we're going to talk about today that scream value in dynasty. And being for such a fluid position, you're looking for that value. And I think what's nice about James Cook is like he offers youth in value. True. You know, like, yeah, I mean, even Devin Singletary was serviceable. He had over a thousand yards rushing every year he was in Buffalo, pretty much. So for me, getting a guy like James Cook, where you could probably get James Cook for like a late first, you know, in this draft class when all those running backs get used up early. And if you're willing to invest in like a Kendra Miller or you get excited about the things, basically, like James Cook's in the best position now True. to help you win. Definitely in the back end of the first if you need running back help. And there's a couple other running backs too that we're going to talk about definitely like next episode as well. I think it could be had for that price tag. But when you're looking for youth and probably at least another two years in the, one of the best offenses in the NFL, I think James Cook is where the value is. Ready to move on? Yeah, let's move on. So yeah, let's talk about the Miami Dolphins. Depth chart. Quarterback. Tua Tugaviola. Mike White. Skylar Thompson. Running back. Raheem Mostert. Devon A-Chain. Jeff Wilson. Savan. Ahmed. Wide receiver. Um, oh my gosh. I... Uh, I deleted. That's I tried right. to kill Jalen Waddle. Braxton Barrios, River Craycraft. Come on, man. Uh, said they got said Wilson on that team. Yep, Cedric Wilson, chosen Anderson, aka Robbie Anderson. Right. Um, By the yeah, way, I wrote it. Robbie Anderson in my notes because I just I don't you know, couldn't write chosen. Can't. Couldn't do it. Freddie I, Swain. Yeah, give us a tight ends too. Yeah, tight ends while we're at it. Uh, Dylan Smythe or Durham Smythe. Uh, man, they've got nobody at tight end. Their tight ends are bad. Tanner Connor, yeah, Elijah Higgins, Eric Salbert, yep. That's why Elijah Higgins is such an interesting uh, rookie, right? Yeah, because there's nobody. Holy cow! There's really, no I didn't realize there. how bad that was. Whew. All right, they probably just don't plan on using him. I mean, yeah, they really don't. They they told Mike that last year. Yeah, <laughs> we're not using you. Yeah, we're not. You using can, you can be a free agent. So, where do you guys want to start with this team? Let's let's start at the top. Let's start at the quarterback position because uh, Tua Tua has been he's been an interesting conversation point over the last couple of seasons. Uh, he was in that amazing draft class with Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. He was one of the most hyped and then obviously fell off a little bit, came back, looked incredible last year, but then dealt with all of the concussions and all of that. I know that there's even been some debate on this show of like, where do you, where do you rank Tua, you know, amongst rookies coming in or guys like that? Because we see the promise of, the ability that's there, but also more specifically the offense that is just primed for huge numbers. But how do you weigh that with the injury concerns? And I, I guess that's, that's my big question for you guys is where do you have him right now? Like how much risk reward are you willing to tolerate with Tua? I think it's super flex. Like it's a risk that you have to take. Once you get, once you break that tier of those top end guys, it starts to get pretty ugly. Like, I mean, like, there's not many middle and super flex. Would you have Tua or Kirk Cousins? Cause that's like the range you're looking at. Probably right? Tua for me. Yeah. I'm Tua for me too. I mean, it's Tua. That's where the upside is obviously mm-hmm. in the longer, longer term. Yeah. Type I mean, quarterback one asset. upside in that offense. And I think you, like you said, it's not just the concerns of, well, and next concussion could put him out for his career. Right. Uh, it, it's a, it's a possibility. And you know, but to be honest, every player is one hit away from me out of for the career. Sure. Um, you know, Tyreek Hill is only playing these next two years. So in theory, but he does have Jalen Waddle. They will add another weapon here. Mm-hmm. Um, they get Devon H in this offense as well. And who knows what else they might get Dalvin cook. We don't know. Yeah. And Tua, you know, he showed us last year that he's one of the best deep passers in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to like pro football focus, like his, his completion percentage on 20 yard plus passes is pretty much the best in the league. Yes, it is. It's like up at 50% or something, right? Yeah, and I think it was higher than I can't, I had it here somewhere. I, I believe uh, from what I was doing past stuff on him, I, I think he was right around 50% on, on, tw- on passes, 20, 20 plus. Um, so he has a, I mean, and that's phenomenal as far as completion percentage, 20 Over yards. 20 yards. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, some quarterbacks don't even throw it that far. Like Daniel Jones <laughs> was ranked 33rd, I think, out yeah. of all quarterbacks on passes over uh, 30, 20 yards, 33rd. Yeah. There's 32 teams in, in the NFL. <laughs> right. So, a backup quarterback's better than him somewhere. Yeah, so Tua, I mean, again, I mean, we're always looking in Dynasty for buy windows, right? So all, I think all those question marks weigh heavy on the Dynasty community right now, what you're sure. talking about. So in my eyes, that gives a discount on Tua Tagovailoa. So whenever there's a discount on a quarterback, like 
I'm trying to buy. Because 100%. in Superflex, you can never have too many quarterbacks. Ever. Like, even if you don't need him, you need him. Because that's going to give you the... If he comes out and starts the season how he was playing last year, he's going to be a quarterback one. If you have a quarterback one on your roster, the sky's the limit for the return you can get. You can get almost any any running back you want. Yep. Just about any running back. I mean, you might as well get Bijan, but it's going to open the door to get Bijan. I promise you that. The guy, guy doesn't have a quarterback. If he's drafting Bijan, his team's probably pretty bad. He probably doesn't have a quarterback. Sure. So there's a lot of wiggle room there. I'm... Of course, I'm a little worried about the, the concussions, but that doesn't worry me as much as probably everybody else because I'm not even 100%. Like, we don't even know 100% just because he gets another concussion that he's out of the league forever. Right. We, we know that it's a concern. We know it's a possibility. but And he's in the range right now, too, where you can you can risk it a little bit more than you can with if you're drafting him in the first round of a startup. You know, right. like, you're drafting the first round of a startup. Like, you need them to be pretty bulletproof. Yeah. He's not. You're taking him in the third, sometimes even as late as the fourth round, depending on on your league. So you can you can play it a little more fast and loose there, especially because the upside is just so tantalizing. I think a big question comes down to I think everybody's be, I think everybody's gonna be nervous about this until we see that second contract, yeah. right? Like, and how do they do that contract? No, because they're in the same boat. Like, how do they do that contract? They're, they can't give him. This is uh, gonna be tricky. A five-year, right. two hundred fifty million dollar deal with eight hundred ninety million guaranteed. They I, can't do that. I guarantee his first contract is a three or four-year deal. Don't you think? I would think so. Just because, just because they can't, they yeah. got to see it for a few more years. I could plus like he's one hit away from like if you're into that money, you're dead. Like you, you cut off the head of your team. You're dead. Right. Unless you like luck into a forty ers like a Brock Purdy. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're gonna sign what Baker Mayfield. For his 25th team. So obviously, you know, as him, him being a first round draft pick, they have this year and then they have next year. Right. Or did they decline that for two year option of available? Sorry. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. All right. They'll pick that up for sure. Right. I mean, that's guaranteed, but that's another safety night. Cause I mean, also the further he gets away from the concussions, the better off it will be. And that's what I mean by them needing more time to evaluate him. I mean, it is, it's this year, it's next year. I mean, typically this would be the off season, right? I mean, like if they haven't done it already now, it would be between your fourth and fifth year where you're, where you're talking deals, right? I mean, for a quarterback anyway, right. that you know is going to be good. And and he's performed on the field. It is just a question of his health. So they'll probably take 23 and 24. And, you know, worst case scenario, they'll just have to franchise him, which isn't great, but it's better than losing a franchise quarterback if, if you need more time to evaluate him from a health perspective. So, I mean, with Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, I mean, we're talking about two wide receiver ones. I mean, if you're if you're looking for two teams to have wide receiver ones as, uh, this year, you're looking at the, the Philadelphia Eagles with Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. And then, of course, you're looking at Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. If I had to pick one, I'm definitely picking Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Um, Tyreek Hill has been a wide receiver one the last six years. Uh, he's been top, like, six, I think, even, like, five of the six he's years been a monster. there. Um, Jill Waddle saw his, his target share go down a little bit with the addition of Tyreek Hill, but he's still been still extremely fantastic. Yep. Yep. Um, love Jill Waddle first round, like in a one QB first round startup value in my eyes, love Tyreek Hill, but obviously we're looking at a very limited window here Correct. for him. So I think the big thing here where everybody's wondering like, what's going to happen in this run game? With the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, it is. It is pretty interesting because just on pure rushing attempts alone, Miami had the second fewest rushing attempts out of any team last year. So the running back room overall at this moment doesn't look super different. There were some interesting comments by the GM about Dalvin Cook. And it, I think it was his way of trying to like deflect. But he also said like, yeah, whether he's on our roster or not, like, yeah, like, it was very it, odd wording. It, it, it was. It was very odd. So there's a chance that this, and honestly, all of the teams that seem to be linked to Dalvin Cook are in this division, the Dolphins, the Patriots, the Jets. So it feels like he'll end up somewhere in this division, but. They all want him. Nobody wants to pay him. Right. Uh, nobody wants to pay any running backs right now. But, uh, you know, right now at the running back position, it's going to be really interesting to see how it all plays out because you've got Mostert, you've got Wilson, guys that were with with uh, this offense when they were in San Francisco, moved over to the Dolphins. But then you've got our boy Devon A-Chain, and he seems to be a hand-in-glove fit for what this offense does. I think the biggest question is just how much is he going to be used as a rookie? Yes. I think even... Obviously, I think the thing with Devon A-Chain is I think 
even if they sign Dalvin Cook, like he's not affected. It's Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson that get screwed here. You know, because Devon is probably going to be for this year at least. He's mostly in a passing game. Um, and he's so electric, and this offense is designed, just like in San Francisco, to create a lot of confusion, a lot of motion. Um, so a lot of, a lot of quick passes to a guy like Devon A. Mm-hmm. who's got a speed out there to win. Um, and, and that what Mostert brings, too, speed. This is like one of the fastest teams in the NFL. I mean, I know Mostert's 30, 31 years old. He's still one of the fastest running backs in the NFL, even yep. at that age, with mm-hmm. good size. And he's, again, when you're looking at value at running back, if Dalvin Cook does not sign with the Miami Dolphins, one of the most absolute cheapest running backs you get out there with such a high ceiling to probably give you like running back two numbers is a guy like Raheem Mostert in this offense. I mean, it's tricky, right? I mean, Mostert has been great when he's available. Mm-hmm. It seems like the, that's a three-game spurt, you know. Consistently. Consistently. Yeah. It's three games, he's off three games, and it's Jeff Wilson. You almost want to acquire both of those guys right. yeah. if there's not a Dalvin Cook signing because neither one of them is going to be expensive. They're Third both round pick? They're, yeah, they're both on, you know, two-year deals, um, but they can both be cut at the end of the year. So they, sure. no one's seeing them as long-term assets, so they shouldn't be guys that are hard to acquire. Like you said, 31 for Mostert, I, I think 20, 28. 28, 27, 28 for, for Jeff Wilson. I think he's 27 right now, but he'll be 28. And didn't they both season. get like $3 million guaranteed? Um, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, Mostert, I can't. I, uh, yeah, two, uh, 2.2. Uh, for Mostert. And, Guaranteed too, right? Yeah, and, and 2.6 for uh, Wilson. For Wilson. Yep. So they're both planning to be, like they plan to use both of these. And it, just like they did last year, they right. used both of them, so which killed their fantasy value. It does kill their Dirt. fantasy value, but it's it's only a matter of time before one of them gets injured and the other one gets the lion's share of the carries. You know what I mean? Until and, they get injured. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's all about A-Chain. And then it's on to A-Chain. That's, that's exactly yeah. how this offense is going to be. That's how they, they kind of burn and churn through running backs. You want the guy who's getting all the carries? That's, that's very rarely anyone in this unless somebody gets injured, unfortunately. I, I like to try to touch on the offensive lines. I, I didn't mention anything uh for the Bills, but PFF has them rated as the 22nd best offensive line, so towards the bottom. Uh, and then the Miami Dolphins, they have them projected as the 20th, and they didn't really make any significant moves uh, their offensive line. So it's still going to be a fine offensive line at 20th. You're close to middle of the road there, uh, but it's it's definitely not one of the elite offensive lines. So just something to, to I mean, keep in mind. I wonder if they're hoping, you know, the coach can kind of mask some of that with some of his the schemes, schemes. Yeah. And, and hopefully to better results than last year, as far as protecting the quarterback, because obviously an open holes for the running yeah, back. Yeah. yeah. He can't, he can't take the kind of hits that he took last year and kind of have this, this thing function and run. I know they went out and got Mike white. who was a, Better backup, I think, than Skyler. most around the league. Skyler played well that one he, game. He, the playoff he did, game. Yeah. but I, but I mean, I think Mike White last year with the Jets showed that you know he's he's never going to be a starter, but he's a really good backup, competent backup. Yeah, yeah. and those Jets quarterbacks were terrible last right. year. Um, all right, yeah, I mean, and obviously the doing quick things like that with that speed and confusion will help too. And you think Mike would do that to help them out. And I think that's where Devon a chain come in. I still love Devon a chain. I'm still on that hype mm-hmm. um, train. I had him as my fourth overall rookie in a one QB league. Um, I think Quinn Johnson's made some good progress in camp to kind of bump him up there. Jordan Addison still looks really good. And you got Kincaid uh, there, but I still think a chain in this offense and this scheme could still be a very serious weapon in the passing game. And, Go ahead. And I was just saying, I was going to mention with the lack of depth at, at tight end or any kind of fantasy relevant person at, at tight end, it is going to be those two two wide receivers. Said Wilson, Wilson is the third wide receiver here. He's kind of the un, unsung hero or forgotten guy, so, so to speak. They paid him some pretty decent money last year, sure. which was confusing, I think, at the time. But he might be a guy that's, I mean, he's never going to be like a, a – a a weekend, weekend and weekend, yeah. but he might be a spot start type of guy here and there every once in a while, just because those other two guys are getting so much attention. He might be able to kind of run wild on, on certain games here and there. And, that, and that's what I was going to say. I feel like he was the only name of note because otherwise you realize there's really nothing exciting in the tight end room. There's nothing to get like you're not you don't want anyone at this point until somebody shows you in season that they've emerged. Right. There's nobody you're counting on at this moment. And you know exactly what you're getting from from Tyreek and Waddle. So he's really the only guy that's even really worth talking about, because otherwise we know two of them are going to be elite and the tight end position is going to suck. 
Yep. Yeah. So Cedric Wilson, a good stash. Yep. All right. Let's well, before Charlie. before we get over to the Jets and the Patriots, let me tell you about FFPC. We talked about our friends over at Underdog and their big contest. But there's some pretty awesome contests going uh, for redraft as well over at FFPC. The main event is home to a $1 million grand prize and $5.9 million in total what? prizes. And the Fantasy Pros Championship, also another million-dollar contest, <sighs> over $6 million in total prizes. So they have awesome things going on. Leagues don't fold over there. So whether you're going to play Dynasty, which is obviously what we talk about a lot, but their redraft stuff is pretty awesome too. Head over to MyFFPC.com. That's MyFFPC.com. Use promo code NERDS, and you get $25 off any entry. That's whether it's a $100 entry, but you can be a baller and do a $5,000. Jeez, crazy. So head over there, promo code nerds at myffpc.com. All right. New England Patriots. The Patriots. I guess, uh, I can give you, I can give you the, uh, the gas, right? you, you want me to give it? Go ahead. All right. At quarterback, Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi, Trace McSorley. Running back, Ramondre Stevenson, Pierre Strong, Ty Montgomery. Wide receiver, Juju Smith-Schuster, Devontae Parker, Tyquan Thornton, Kayshawn Booty, Kendrick Bourne, Demario Douglas, tight end, Mike Kosicki, Hunter Henry. Can I add one to the running back? I do want to add Kevin Harris to the running oh, back. Oh, yeah. Dude, I loved Kevin Harris coming out, too. Remember, remember I was like, yeah, I guarantee this guy's going to make the roster and be okay, and you guys like, 0% chance. He looked good as, in his one Did practice. Did we say 0% chance? Because I thought we liked him. Nah, you guys gave me shit. Okay. I probably did. He was all banged up. I don't know. I was say, I kind of liked him. I remember uh, uh, Jared and I gave him decent nerd scores. I liked him. I was like, dude, this is the running back I like. And I thought he was going to like. I just didn't think he was going to take Ramondre Stevenson. Oh, yeah. And obviously that's not the case. Um, but Garrett, you want to talk about Ramondre? Because yeah, I know you're his biggest fan. Yeah. We yeah. all like Ramondre, but I know you love him. Yeah. No, I'm a huge Ramondre guy. That was one of my, my you know bold predictions last year was that he – does not only does better than Damian Harris, but he ends up being an RB one. That was one of, you know, it's tough to get those, those hot takes to hit. Yeah. Uh, but that was one of the few that did hit. He ended up having a fantastic season last year. And a lot of it was because of how he was used in the receiving game. That was, that was the big part of it. Now, obviously he's got the frame and size to do some things between the tackles, but the offense was just so anemic last year that, there wasn't there wasn't a lot there for him on the ground. So the screen game and things like that was where he was really able to to put forth a good effort. But I do expect slightly better things with Bill O'Brien here this year. They have an actual offensive coordinator. Uh, I don't think it's going to be as vanilla, as boring of an offense as it was last year. The the receiving threats really haven't changed much other than they've got Juju there now. Juju, right. He's the, the big thing. So, But still, that's not like a huge upgrade necessarily. So I still think Ramondre Stevenson is going to be far and away the most valuable fantasy asset on this team. Yeah, I mean, he does everything well. Catches the ball well, breaks tackles extremely well, uh, gets a majority of the, can- the um, carries. Somebody came in, got more touches from a running back since 2019 from Bill Belichick. Um, you know, with, with the offense built around him, the offense has no other choice but really to run through Ramondre as well, mm-hmm. which really kind of bodes well for him. It, that's why we've heard, like, these other running backs kind of link to New England, which would be not good for Ramondre, but, like, I really do think it would be really good for New England to bring in, like, <laughs> sure. It's like, what if it's a Leonard Fournette? What does that do for you? Because he's one of the guys that's rumored. He's a, he's a yeah. guy that is a bigger back. He's a poor man, Stevenson. Yeah, I was going to say they're very similar type players. I think it it would be more of a situation of, it just feels like the guy that would spell him a drive or two here and there that can do a lot of similar things. But I don't think it would be a huge dip in fantasy production. I mean, Damian Harris was there last year. Now, I know he was banged up and stuff like that. But Damian Harris, I think, would have taken a similar amount of touches that Leonard Fournette would. So let's go through the list. It was Leonard Fournette, right? Who, what other old guy did they bring in? Did they bring in Zeke? Uh, Zeke Zeke was there for a couple of days. I think Zeke's still there. If I'm being honest. Okay. Yeah. I don't think cook ever officially went there, but he's been linked to was linked there, but Zeke was there and I know Zeke didn't leave. Okay. So they're, I mean, it, they're seemingly out there looking for something. The one I would actually be the most worried about would probably be Kareem Hunt. That would be the one, like, if he ended up getting linked to there, that would be are, the one that would worry me the most. Are you, though? More than, he has, like, nothing left in his life. But does Zeke? Does 
Leonard Zeke Fournette. doesn't either. No, that, that's the thing. And neither one yeah. of those other guys do either. Kareem Hunt is just he. He seems to be a very talented receiving back. Yeah. And I know that Leonard Fournette can do it and stuff like that. He did it with Tom Brady, but like he wasn't great at it. Just listen, they all, him all, every one of those guys can catch passes. Yeah. Like physically, no. there's nothing wrong with their hands. But but Kareem Hunt would be yeah. one that would actually worry me okay. that he might take receptions away. That would be the only one. Fournette could. Uh, Zeke could, honestly. Zeke catch the football in the backfield. But, I, I mean. Cook could, too. I mean, all, if, any one of oh, those Oh, Cook guys. would scare the crap out of me. I just don't think he goes there. <laughs> and I know it's easy to say, well, none of them are as good as Ramondre. Like, and I understand that as well, and I agree 100%. But, like, we know Belichick has no problem running these sure. dual running back systems. I mean, he does it year in and year out. So, he's the one exciting point about this New England offense. Besides that, from a fantasy football standpoint, like, I still am a big Mike Kosicki guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he has a chance to potentially. I honestly think him or Hunter Henry could lead this team in receptions. And, and so far, in, through in camp, it, it sounds like it's Hunter Henry that's been looking good, and, and Gasicki's been, so been a complete non-factor. Well, I mean, that makes sense because him and Mac Jones already have that rapport. I yeah. think Gasicki kind of worked his way in there because he's more athletic than Hunter Henry. Yeah. Um, we'll see how that opens up. I know they extend that the huge shock of the extended Devontae Parker, which made no sense. They that signed Juju Smith-Schuster in the, the offseason. The Parker thing is just bizarre. I, that's made that's made my way into like some of my best ball leagues. Like he's he's one of those guys that I'm targeting late because he had a couple games last year where he would you know put up a hundred yards and two touchdowns and sure. but then he would like fade back into oblivion and it would be Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers and like those guys and then all of a sudden he would like blow up again. So a best ball league would be the only way I'd ever touch yeah. Devontae Parker at this point in his career. Yeah. Oh, he's not somebody I want to count on. But like, yeah. if I'm throwing darts, sure. You know, guys that I'm just, yeah, just in case. He's he's one of those dart throws that I don't mind do you, taking. Do you guys? Well, how do you guys like the the Juju Smith, um, Sh- uh, Smith Schuster fit here in New England? Professional wide receiver, not a lot of craziness to his game, but he's going to run routes. He's going to be kind of where he needs to be. A chance to be a wide receiver three? Things, I mean, things that... I think that's best case scenario. Things that I think Bill Belichick values and and would know how to perhaps even use. Um, So, like, he, in my eyes, has, like, the sneaky... Uh, sneaky uh, he has like a sneaky path to be the guy that New England's like relying on in their passing game which I don't know what the hell that equates to from a fantasy uh, you know output standpoint but and I've never been a Juju Smith Schuster guy uh, but he's one of these guys that is somewhat intriguing in the fact that I just think that this offense is going to get back on track with a real offensive coordinator this year and and he could be a guy that week in and week out, at least you kind of know what you're getting. It's not going to be sexy. It could be wide receiver three numbers, but I think that's probably, probably the ceiling I would guess, but it, I mean, Devontae Parker would be that guy too, though. That's he could too. I mean, it, you mentioned he had a couple big games. I mean, he was hurt last year too, but I mean, he's always hurt. He's always, he's hurt. always he been had, hurt. That's been his issue. He had yeah. three games over 10 points last year, four, I'm sorry, 10.4, 10.4, then 20, 20.6 and 25.9, and which what, is the last game of the year. Whatever five games he's fully healthy for, he'll probably look good in. Yeah. That was good. good second. And, and after that, <laughs> the, the, the tough part is so far and, and Juju could break that mold because he's just a guy that's like, Always open in the Steady middle of Eddie. the field. Right. Always open. He knows but that. we just haven't seen that one player command a lot of targets yet with Mac Jones. Both years it was, you know, like last year, the most targeted player was Jacoby Myers. He didn't even crack 100 targets. Yeah. So I think that's the hard part is they have so many, like, meh guys. They're like, why force feed to any one of them? Let's just run, just run our offense as vanilla as possible and just – you know, we'll, we'll make it work. Rotate I, guys in I'm and out. I'm almost flushing last year. Don't you have to? <sighs> to some extent with the offense, They yes. literally had <laughs> a defensive coordinator calling plays. Two, yeah, two, two defensive two. coordinators <laughs> calling plays. Give me a freaking break. I mean, you have to kind of almost flush last it year. It is kind of hard to judge anything you saw in there, and it's yeah. a huge mystery, but it's a mystery that I'm not sticking my hand in a mystery box for because <laughs> there's nothing. I mean, honestly, besides for Mundre, you asked me who I want this team, I give me Mike Kosicki. I, I no, I, I totally agree with you. I'm, I'm just in the back of my for the mind, price. Juju Smith Schuster is a guy that I think I don't think he's going to surprise anybody. The problem is, man, but, the rest of the community values Juju Smith Schuster way more than we do. Okay, all right, because we think he's a turd, and then people still think he's but a good like not like like one of those like yeah. one of those cute turds that you see like it's like he's a poop emoji. 
You know I mean, like, you know, it's not like it's not like you're going to pick it up and flush it down the toilet. Like, he's the poop emoji. Oh, look at how cute. We're yeah. number two. Yeah, look at those little cute eyes and that little turd nugget. Turd nugget. 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 I was going to a team that actually has some fancy relevance here. Yeah, they uh, do. The Perfect. New York Jets. Quarterback Aaron Rodgers. Backup quarterback Zach Wilson. Running back Brees Hall. Michael Carter. Uh, Izzy Abaconda. And Donovan Knight. At wide receiver, they got Garrett Wilson, yeah, they do. Alan Lazard, Corey Davis, Miko Hardman, Randall Cobb, and Jason Brownlee. Tight end, Jeremy Rucker, Tyler Conkling. I got typed in Conklong. Conklong? Conklong, you pervert. All right. Well, I was down here like, Conklong. CJ Uzoma and Zach Coombs. Conklong. Cock along, come on. Oh, I'll never Easy. grow up. Oh, I'm a die child. <laughs> Not even worried about it. So, you know, let's start at the top here. Aaron Rodgers. That's a you know, a big sign for for the New York Jets. He said already that he, this is a multi year yep. project for him, so he's there for a couple of years. Took a big thirty five million dollar pay cut to come there as well, so he can sign other players. Uh, probably, you know, you, you can't say it's the best receiving core he had because he had Devontae Adams, but right. again, Garrett Wilson's a very very um, nice transition. I mean, I think this is on par with some of the younger guys that he's kind of brought along and mm-hmm. kind of developed into pros. Um, as far as Garrett Wilson, I think, you know, where Garrett Wilson came into the league, he might he might be better than like a Javante Adams coming into the league. So it might be a, a, a better piece of clay to mold. We'll see if it ends up turning out like that or, or not. But obviously that's the connection everyone wants that's the those are the fantasy guys that jump off the page obviously Brees hall as well but with the injury um we'll probably see some other guys to start the year so i mean right off the rip everyone's gonna be looking at aaron Rodgers, gary wilson how's that connection um is the offense kind of running through him or is aaron going back to some of his old friends you know with lazard, lazard and, and and peppering in randall cobb i would imagine those guys get a little bit of work as well but in my eyes it's going to go through garrett wilson uh, yeah I, I it's 100 go through garrett wilson yeah. i mean lazard has come off his best year ever um last year with being the number one guy for rogers i mean he had 100 targets last year 60 receptions 708 yards and six touchdowns you know, we know that he doesn't have good separation, but he's a good contested catch guy. And and Rodgers has a really good familiar uh, familiarity with Lazard as well. We know Rodgers has a history of going to guys that he trusts. You right. know, Garrett Wilson's obviously already through camp is going to be a guy he trusts. His talent speaks for itself. Um, Rodgers will go to the tight end. I mean, Tyler Conklin last year in that offense was uh, second in the whole team in targets. He had 87, caught 58 for 552 and three. I think Jeremy Ruckert's nothing to sleep on as well. The, um, second round, was he a second or third round pick last year? I think he was third. Third or fourth in my brain. So no, it was higher a, than probably fourth, a third. I thought. Yeah, so, no, that's what I'm um, saying. In my brain, it was the third or fourth, so it's probably a third. And, and he was banged up all <laughs> last year, and I thought it was a second, to be honest with you. So um, he comes in this year. He's already made some nice plays early on in training camp. That's the situation. The monitor here. And I think with the Brees Hall injury and having to bring him along slowly, I think it's a reason why they brought Dalvin Cook in for a visit. Third round. He's a third round pick. Is because, I mean, Brees Hall's going to get brought along pretty slowly, right? Like, you can't, he's coming off the ACL tear. You're not going to throw him in there. We're not, we don't know how many carries he's going to get in the beginning of the year. If he's going to get any carries to start off, you know, is it going to be Michael Carter involved in the passing game? Um, How's it going to work? So they're probably going to throw the football more than they're going to run the football there. And they got the weapons to do it. Yeah. I mean, they obviously have the high end kind of weapons and and some of the middling guys. So I think I think they do have that kind of stuff covered. And in the meantime, waiting for Brees to get kind of back in the in the fold. But I think there's a reason they're looking at a Dalvin Cook, right? They they want to get some of that stuff out of the running back position. And and Michael Carter's good at it. He just doesn't have the same kind of juice, right. I think, as a Dalvin Cook. And we don't know what we're getting out of a Banacanda um, uh, as Not kind much, of a backup. North South, right? Absolutely. So it's. Um, until Brees Hall comes back, I don't think we're going to see this offense or or, or or a Dalvin Cook signing. We're not going to see this offense, I don't think, hit its stride. You know what yeah. I mean? They're going to be kind of struggling at that running back position and kind of trying to make things work if they don't bring in a veteran uh, before before the season starts. Two, two things real quick. One, um, Garrett Wilson, obviously we all really like him. We think he's a very talented player. One of the most targeted wide receivers, tied for fifth most targets last season. Uh, but he 
didn't have a ton of receptions. In fact, only 87 receptions. Uh, so that's something that I would assume under Aaron Rodgers. You know, even if he doesn't increase in targets necessarily, I think he'll his conversion, like the yeah. amount of times he'll, right. he'll catch a pass. The quality uh, targets. Yes, uh, they're going to go up significantly. Yeah, up, yep. More opportunities probably in the red zone with this offense. So I think the the, the value of those targets is going to be much higher than it was last year with just and that assortment of And how many times did, did one of those guys that isn't a, let's say, starting quality, like good starting quality quarterback, just not even see Garrett Wilson? Sure when he should have been targeted. Sure, you know what I mean? Sure. All that kind of stuff. So I would, in, I would imagine in an increase in targets to go along with the overall, you know, it's just not, the, it's the value not, of those targets going up also. Yeah, it's not even the increase in targets. It's the accuracy of the targets. You're talking about a team that had, when I said the quarterbacks, when we were talking about Mike White were horrible last year. When I brought up a guy, even like Tyler Conklin, like who had uh, those great, like second in targets with 87, he had caught 58 of those. And like, almost 17, 18% of his targets were deemed inaccurate and catchable. Same with Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson was right around close to 18% of inaccurate passes to him. So so that means eight out of every 10 balls thrown your way almost are ones that you could actually do something with. Yeah. That's, so that's rough. Yeah. And say you catch one of those, you know, out of say an extra 50 targets, an extra 25 catches on, on top of a guy who already came in and as a rookie of the year caught 1100 yards, right. you know, that's all a decent amount of targets. So, this, you're talking about like ADP jumps. Like Garrett Wilson has the potential to jump into that top, top tier sure. of our receivers. You know, the only problem with him is like obviously it's it's a it's a heavy tier. You know what I mean? That's, that's the thing for him to get into. It's that's what's funny about the the value of Garrett Wilson. We know he's a fantastic player. We know he has the youth, but can he? Can Garrett Wilson crack the Jamar Chase, the Justin Jefferson? Well, is this uh, is tier? this the year that somebody older? comes out of it. You know what I mean? There's been some guys that have main, been mainstays for a while in there that maybe they fall. Devontae Adams. I mean. Like, yeah, but they're already, from a dynasty standpoint. Oh, you're talking tier. about dan- from a, dynasty. Yeah, okay. yeah, I'm thinking not, dynasty. Not from a fishing standpoint. Yeah, from a fishing standpoint, like give me Tyree Kill. Gotcha. Like, that's where I'm going to put my money on, right? Like sure. either Justin Jefferson or Tyree Kill. That's that's where the, or, I mean, you can argue Jamar Chase, but that's where I'm putting my money uh, and one of those two guys. I'm talking about from the dynasty tier okay. standpoint. I thought you were talking about from a finishing. Because like, right you know, now, he he's already sort of been put into that tier whether fair or not, I think it's fair, but I understand the caution. He's already been put into that CeeDee Lamb, A.J. Brown, Amon Ross St. Brown type of tier. Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle yeah, tier. Which I think's fair. Um, you I know, like, where do you... So that, that's I have him as my wide receiver five right now. So we're... So obviously, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, one, two. And so I, what are you talking about him breaking into? Just the oh, the, the, the first, the, the top tier. The top, uh, so top yeah. tier. Okay. Tier one. I thought so you were talking the, about... Actually, I thought we were talking four. about the, wide receiver ones. No, I'm like, oh, oh Jamar obviously. Chase, Justin Jefferson, gotcha. tier... Yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. They're, they're the clear tier one. Clear right. tier two right now is CeeDee Lamb, Jalen Waddell, A.J. Brown. Um, Probably Amon Ra. Amon Ra St. Brown. Am I missing anybody? I don't think so. So that, I think dynasty wise, that's that that next. That's tier. that tier two, tier four, and Garrett Wilson's in there now. And, and Garrett Wilson, like, Garrett Wilson yeah. should be should be in there. Yeah. You yeah. know, I think Ceedee Lamb has opportunity to break into that tier one. Um, I don't think AJ Brown does. Listen, I think Ceedee Lamb has an opportunity. I think he's got to clean some things up. I think he's got to just. Sorry, I started to go off on a CD Lamb tangent, but he's <laughs> close. Show, he's, yeah, he's close. Um, uh, we'll we'll save that for the next show. So like, like who would you take over Garrett Wilson there? AJ Brown, Jalen uh, Waddle, CeeDee Lamb. Actually, I said he's fifth. I, I forgot. I actually have him fourth. So I have CeeDee Lamb ahead of him and then Chase and Jefferson. And that's it. I have him as my wide receiver, wide receiver four, four in Dynasty, which is maybe a little bullish. Um, you know, because I could understand taking AJ Brown. I can understand taking Jalen Waddle. I can take understand Amon Ra. Like I can understand all those guys. But I think all of those guys more or less have already hit their ceiling. I don't know that we're gonna see a massive jump. Maybe another hundred yards, maybe another touchdown or two, but I don't think we're going to see another massive jump. Garrett Wilson, we could still see another massive jump, I believe. I don't just—I mean, obviously, just coming off his rookie year, I, mm-hmm. I do expect a big jump out of him. So I, I could see exactly where you're coming from, and in my brain, I was comping him to Devontae Adams esque type of guy, and I actually think he's better than he was coming out. So as a rookie, there's yeah. there's no reason for me to not think the way that you're thinking. You know what I mean? That's a that's how I see him. That's why I see his trajectory. We'll see if he actually gets there. Yeah, um, but he's, it's he's, it's, a, it's a bigger risk because you know is. what you're getting out of Waddle. Right. You know what I have you're him getting, right but, there with you. Yeah, he certainly and, and, has and, the and honestly, like the guys, like I have C Lamb ahead of him. 
He's right behind CeeDee Lamb. And he's neck... For me, he's neck and neck with Jalen Waddell. Because mm-hmm. I would take both those guys over A.J. Brown. Okay. Um, no, again, nothing against A.J. Brown. Stud, sure. high end. I mean, that's a good spot for him. It's just, you know, when you got Devontae Smith sure. um, for the long term... And Dallas Goddard. And Goddard kind of just hurts just a little bit. Shows how good he is. He's still a wide receiver one. Um, but I would just take those two guys who have the clear path. Because mm-hmm. once Tyreek is out, Jalen Waddell's got the clear path with two there to be the wide receiver one. Yeah. So. He is the oldest of that group as well. Not not by much. It's it's a year, but he was in that 2019 class. Yeah. So age wise, he's like in yeah. his prime he's only, right now. He's old, who Waddle? No, no, no. AJ Brown. AJ Brown. Oh, AJ he was Brown. in the 2019 yeah, he's, class. He, he's the oldest guy there, so that's why I would take Waddle ahead of him. Mm-hmm. And the reason I would take Garrett Wilson ahead of Waddle is same thing. He's a year younger than Waddle. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you're talking about 24, 23. So it's not like you're talking much anything yeah. crazy. But like again, every year counts. It does every year counts? So. That's it for the AFC East. Uh, make sure you check out Underdog. Make sure you check out our friends at FFPC. Um, as we get through the season, I know there's going to be lots of questions out there. You can always hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Dynasty Rich. Oh, I'm at Dynasty Matt. I'm at Dynasty Price. Yeah, you can follow us up at Dynasty Nerds as well. Check out, join the Nerd Herd. Get on there for all these bonus episodes, all the cool you know tools that you're going to need to get in season and out of season. We'll be back next week talking AFC, NFC, South. South. Mm-hmm. But if you're in the Nerd Herd, and check it out. We're going right into the NFC East now. And there's some good players to talk about over there. Lots. Adios.